0: hey thanks for once again turning on the uncommon people podcast this is a show about you and me and everybody in between it's a chance for me to sit down and have conversation with people to get to know them better to learn from them from their experience their perspective Um, i'm really grateful to get to have this opportunity and to get to share it With all of you. So I hope you enjoy this kind of thing as well. This is episode 31 of the show. I'm sitting down with Durgen Maxi, who is a recent friend of mine. And we talk about a lot of different stuff around faith and leadership and systems within culture and expectations and just all sorts of different stuff so i hope you enjoy this dive in and that you stick around for the whole episode like i said this is number 31 and i hope you enjoy it Are you training now for a full marathon? Is that the next goal? I'm
1: not, but I was talking to a guy. I was running with him this morning, and he was kind of making me want to. I was like, I should probably be training up for something. I'm just running all the time, isn't it? I, do, I don't push myself as hard. I don't get extra miles in that I need uh-huh. to really do that. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't love the like extra high mileage. I feel I don't feel as good doing that so mm. when you get into the 10 ish miles i think it can get hard on your body so yeah it was for me it was so do you yeah. enjoy
0: running short distances um would you say yeah, it's, it's a pretty natural just enjoyment that comes yeah. from
1: it if i do mile or two it's great love it and even up to like like today we did three and a half and i was feeling good by the end we had some hard hills in the middle but other than that it was like this is great. Talk while I'm going. Uh-huh. You, your heart rate goes a little more while you're yeah. talking and yeah. running. And, That's great. So yeah, I like it.
0: Have you always been that way with it?
1: Um, yeah, I kind of, I did soccer and I liked running okay. before and after that, um, uh, yeah. like before doing soccer. And then after I've stopped really playing, I still would like to run and yeah. never really did cross country or anything, but I always was running period- periodically and
0: it makes me slightly envious (laughs) just because i love the idea (laughs) of running Uh, i love what it is right it's something that requires as minimal equipment as possible Mm -hmm. um and it just seems so very useful it seems very practical yeah and i love things that are practical um that don't require much. Yeah. Especially when it comes to equipment. Like I just I love being able to get out and go and not have to worry about having the things that I need yep. for whatever activity I'm planning to do. For sure. And running seems like one of those things like if you have shoes you're comfortable in, you can go run and it doesn't even really matter where you are. Mm. You know, you don't have to go to a gym or any specific area. Yeah. You can just step out your door and go do it.
1: I'm all about that.
0: It sounds so freeing.
1: And functional things too mm-hmm. are really important to me, and workout and like, why am I lifting this giant thing in this <laughs> specific position? Yeah, I don't know if this is going to help me with anything else in my life. With that, some of it will, but others yeah. feel, feel like, wait a second, what is this? Yeah, what is yeah, it's this this doing. But I, I like doing the outdoor workouts. That's uh-huh. really fun and get yourself moving. In running, is I always liked, like my brother and I would run, uh, more like sprints, and we'd just go hard and fast and just go as long as we can and see, like, just push each other. Yeah, just like for fun. Never, never really like, all right, let's go this many miles and do that. It was just like, all right, let's go. and Both start, just take off, and, and we'd uh-huh. do that. And so I think sprints and just seeing who's faster. We would always do that kind of thing, but we weren't like crazy competitive, so it was always. A lot of fun for me to do that. And then yeah. distance stuff kind of just, yeah, has been added over
0: time. Uh-huh. And so you have one brother, is that right? Mm-hmm. One brother and then two sisters. Two sisters. Yep. Are twins. And they twins. They're twins. Okay, I've met them. Yeah. I don't think I met your brother. Right, yeah. he's in Russellville now. Okay. Yep. Gotcha.
1: So now we two south of here. Yeah.
0: Did you have any conception growing up of being either part of a small or big or medium family?
1: Hmm. I feel like, yeah, probably medium just because we knew some families that had in the upper, you know, eight, nine, 10 kids. Right. And so it was like, yeah, we're, we're not that big. Uh-huh. Uh, but we knew, I knew, I had a lot of friends that, yeah, were, you know, only child or, yeah, a couple of kids. So, okay. Yeah, just kind of felt in, in the middle there.
0: And you, I'm trying to remember where you are. Now. Is your brother the older one? I'm the oldest. You're the yeah. oldest. Okay.
1: Yep. So it was me. And then uh, two years later, my sisters. And then two years later, my brother. Okay. We're four years apart at the Brothers on the Ends.
0: Gotcha. Yep. How do you feel about the stereotypes around the eldest sibling? Uh,
1: I didn't know anything about it until (laughs) uh, I was getting married. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And they talked about it in like the, uh, um, yeah, like premarital counseling (laughs) because my wife and I both are the eldest. Oh, okay. And it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I, I didn't realize all these things are, yeah, part of kind of this, uh, oldest child, um, yeah, whatever things that come with that characteristics mm-hmm. and, but I've seen a lot of it like play out a lot more, I don't know, both of us are a little more like want to be in control. We both can kind of push on that a little bit more and we've had to learn our yeah balances because of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I didn't feel it growing up, I don't think. Um, I'll watch videos sometimes, and when we would watch home videos and I'd be like, oh my god, why? <laughs> Looking like, back take at yourself. yeah, hey, you guys, yeah. I'm trying to take over oh, everything. Man. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, what was I doing? I am definitely. I have four siblings above me and one mm-hmm. below, so I'm definitely not an eldest, but <laughs> I also <laughs> can think of watching old home videos and uh-huh. watching us interact and in what uh, the eldest is like and just how that played out probably right. more so having so many underneath mm, him having yeah. five younger siblings yep. to look after or correct <laughs> or right. you know rally around
1: oh yeah lots of great stories of like hey watch watch your sister and brother while we go a blockbuster or something and then mm-hmm. i'd do something crazy and <laughs> what are you guys doing don't make me get my throwing stars. My sister's <laughs> like, oh, I'm calling mom. <laughs> mm. uh, like, you had throwing stars. I had throwing stars, but I never used them for anything. Even no. throwing, like I threw them at a tree a couple times, but yeah, that's about all I ever did for fun with them. And then they were pretty much just in the, Drawer of random junk. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> pretty stars. sure
0: my eldest sibling also had throwing stars that he mm. got, I think, from one of his college friends uh-huh. who I remember being at our house and giving me one of them and letting me play with it. Nice. I hadn't thought of that in years. <laughs>
1: You're welcome.
0: Yeah. Do you? Were you public schooled, private, homeschooled? Public school. You were public the way. school. Do you, do you have. Um, Do you feel like there's a good amount of delineation when you look at your life and the different stages that you went through or the different ages of your life? Do you feel like you have a good memory of this happening at this age? I was this way at this age.
1: Um, Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Like specific seasons there, like uh, probably around going into each school, I feel like it really did. Make a big change. So it was was pretty cut up by that. And maybe it was because of those things and changing, meeting new friends, Uh switching classes, doing new stuff. Yeah, that kind of stuff was, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had lots of perfectionism was a a part of like when I was really young, I I would get really embarrassed, like wouldn't cry, but like tear up, kind of like getting awkward, like embarrassment of if I messed up in front of everybody kind of thing. Even if it wasn't a big deal, just because I had, I was like, I can, yeah, I'm the best at this. <laughs> right. And not even I'm say, I wouldn't even say that, but it was just like the feeling of like, yeah,
0: I can do that. Yeah.
1: And do it really, really awesome. And then if I'm, yeah, if I missed a, missed a question or like spelling bee or something like that, those things would really like hit me. And then later on, that wasn't so much once I was in the next grades, but I also, I had, I feel like I was more quiet at that point less friends in that middle school age and had a shift again in the junior high do it, started a new identity because I had music and I was on a uh-huh. drum line. So I'm okay. now, okay. I'm Cool guys in the school. And that carried into the high school space. But then I was also like leading worship at that point at the youth group. And so, Oh cool. He can sing and play music. And so I kind of found my like my identities in those pieces uh-huh. and knew like, I don't have to like be the best at those anymore. Cause I'm like pretty good at this. So, and I, I don't know that I noticed the perfectionism, but I I did find, like, I became a lot more, like, selfish uh, in, like, just friendships and picking, you know, things that I would do, whatever made me, yeah, feel like I look cool or do and did a lot of music stuff in that time that became my, my next level in identity, music and art kind of at that point. Uh-huh. On, so. Yeah, Did you
0: notice those tendencies as they were playing out or is it really just something that you noticed looking back on them?
1: Yeah. Mostly looking back. And I think really when I was in high school, I saw some of that earlier stuff coming in and then was uh-huh. end of college is when I really saw a lot of like, yeah, my own selfishness coming into play mm. and how it had impacted like friendships, relationships in high school. just being like, People that I know, I don't know if they would think that or not. I always just I'm I'm a personality type. I don't know which one it is, but uh I don't know my numbers or my letters very well. Yeah. <laughs> my wife probably knows everything. I know like my Enneagram and all that, but I've not got into it. So okay. but uh but yeah, like I'm the kind of guy that's like I don't feel like, like anybody doesn't like me, you know. I know I've heard about, you know, that can be a part of the personality type you know that i land in kind of just okay. like oh yeah everybody you know just like i'm friends with everyone i like everyone everybody's yeah. <laughs> likes me kind of thing but it was like yeah probably that's not the case huh. <laughs> there's probably people that are like okay. really ticked off on me so i i know just personally like i know looking back i see things that was like that was just i was a jerk in that mm. sense but i care about people a lot and i feel like i noticed that in the situation but sometimes I, I see I've seen a lot of that going back looking back at like high school just seeing like man I treated them wrong but a lot of it came down to like I was more more uh, focused on like my own not wanting to get myself out of my introverted space and I was kind of in that shy space that wouldn't want to like maybe take that step That would be a little bit awkward just to say like hey sorry or uh, yeah whatever the thing was even um even if I wasn't really great friends with them. So just things that were simple. And, but again, like I don't see myself in that space, like looking back that other people would have necessarily noticed other than maybe the people that if I yeah offended by not talking to them or doing, you know, whatever it was or how I treated um, people that I was in relationships with at that point, just really immature and a lot mm-hmm. of um, that. But then also like I wasn't really, I was trying to pursue like following Jesus, but it was in the most culturally <laughs> like relevant relevant way possible. Uh, and I wasn't like playing two different sides of it, but it was like I would equate my Christianity with the things that I was doing that were connected to whatever things, you know, like being a youth group, going on mission trips, serving people, not being really, angry at people yeah <laughs> being pretty nice that
0: which kind of which thing. makes sense i thing. mean it follows i think mm-hmm. before you learn any different it makes sense to equate those things together yeah because um, you have to have some sort of reference point to to answer the question like what is christianity or what is it what is being close to god look like yeah and the really simplistic, easy answers are, well, you do this thing and this thing and that thing and mm-hmm. you spend this much time doing this. right. It's really simple. Um, and I think it's it's well intended, but the problem is a lot of people don't ever look back on it as yeah. a building block or a learning phase and then move forward out of that. Yep. And they just keep it, I think, they keep themselves in that box of a certain type of performance or relevant behavior, right? Yeah. Um, and then it's just about that behavior. Hmm. And I don't think that's a great place to remain, even if it's a good place to start.
1: Yeah. I I think it, it reminds me a lot of like my the way I took school um, because I, I've kind of been thinking about that a lot in the last year or so. I looked at school as like, it's going to get me where I'm supposed to be because that's its goal. Like that's its job. School's job, mm-hmm. <laughs> school, school's school, job, public school's <laughs> job to get me to, uh, you know, what is that? The, prepare me for life. Yeah. Give me uh, the education to do the things that I'm supposed to do to, yeah, be in society when I'm supposed to be, uh-huh. do the things I'm supposed to do, be ready for and prepared for those things. And, And then I get towards the end and I'm like seeing college and looking at these things and like seeing, I have to make some decisions saying like, uh, okay, I don't know necessarily what I am supposed to do next. And now they're letting me make some decisions that I don't feel qualified to make about. Yeah. Nobody's asked me to do these decisions (laughs) before. But at the same time, I think my parents did help set me up in a way for that. Uh Um, And it's funny, my sister says, I feel like I, like looking at all this material about homeschooling. She's starting to look into homeschooling. Uh-huh. And, um, all of her in law, that whole crew is really um, well versed in that stuff and really yeah. awesome. And so she's learned a ton from them. But that she, as she's doing it, she's like, I've, I think uh, we pretty much were homeschooled because <laughs> my parents <laughs> did a lot of the things that they're writing in this, like go visit a factory to see how things are made. Do you know, go on these educational things, go on a trip and. Uh, go to science centers and different things like for things to do um, with your family uh, as a homeschool crew, other than just you know doing curriculum, and that's what we did. You know, my parents took us to all kinds of different places. My dad specifically would always be into some random factory at the time, uh-huh. so guitar factory or uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So we get to see a lot of different things like that made, and he would just reach out to the somebody's interested in their stuff and. Hey, can we tour the factory? Sure. Mm-hmm. So we, while wow. we we're on our trips, we would hit those all the time, and uh, or just go, yeah, hike, camp, and tour. We traveled all of Arkansas one year and just did that yeah. over the summer, and like they wrote articles about it, and we get to do all kinds of fun stuff. So. Okay, yeah, that's
0: a great place to be in terms <laughs> yeah. of look being able to to look back on that mm. experience now and, and mm-hmm. judge what were beneficial aspects of that type of education. Yeah. Because um, I know Carly, your wife, had asked me my opinion on yeah. on um, homeschooling, what my experience was like. Uh-huh. And um, my the thing I tell people when they ask is just that I personally had a very non-standard, to, to me, what seems like a non-standard homeschooling experience, okay. which is probably an interesting way to phrase it because there's probably lots of different ways that people homeschool. Sure. But um, just due to the circumstances I was in, um, my parents were not very involved with our education after a certain point. And so what I tell people looking back on my life is just be involved um, Mm -hmm. because they're your kids, right? They're your children and... To put them in any school system, whether it's homeschooling or public or private, and expect them essentially to be parented um, and fully prepared for life Mm. as a result of that educational system. I think that's the point when you start going off the wrong path, and that's kind of a more neglectful, I think, way to treat your children's education, but just being involved Regardless of what system they may be in, yeah. if you send your kids to public school, great. Like, talk with them. I think about what is what are you learning? Yeah. What do you think of it? Do you totally. agree? Do you not agree? Why don't you agree? Yeah. You know, I, that's my recommendation uh-huh. as a very unqualified advice giver, <laughs> for, based on my own experience. Uh-huh. My recommendation <laughs> to, to any parent considering homeschooling or getting into it and having questions about it. Yeah. Just be very involved. Oh yeah. With your children and what they're learning and what they think.
1: Yeah, that's huge. That's yeah. the, that's the main piece I think of that. And then like I think that's where it bridges perfectly into the church. And yeah. that exact mm-hmm. thing of that's kind of where I was. I was like Yeah. Here's here, here it is. This this will get you to the place mm-hmm. with God that you're supposed to be if you do Our system right right way then and i kind of took it in the same way i did school um but just like with my parents helping me you know and me not really know knowing all of the how they were helping me over the years um you know going even in the school sense they did the same in the sense of the church and and following jesus um and like really they gave us help help like working through experiences of and what that looks like and being open to us asking questions always yeah, about all kinds of different stuff um, about the Bible, about God, about any of those pieces. And I, um, I don't think I n- really noticed any of that till later on, for sure. Uh-huh. It wasn't like while I was going through that. I still I feel like I was still relying on the church, whatever that means in, in quotes church uh-huh. to get me there yeah. and my second year of college is where the Holy Spirit changed me and made me alive and so I really do believe like Jesus was um, yeah that I was connected to him through early part of my life um, and I I'm a rule follower. Yeah. <laughs> so that was easier uh-huh. for me to like connect in the church space and be, yeah, doing those things. But um, I wasn't ready to like make high impact in, uh, on others or myself in my own life. Um, yeah. And be like really actively pursuing um, anything specifically, kind of just whatever came. Um, and I would like, yeah, making, whether it was music stuff or, um, art stuff or church stuff, all of those things, just kind of like whatever opportunities came. Um, and now I think from that point on, in my second year of college, last ten-ish years, big changes happening, kind of all through that, yeah, all the time, and see, and and being able to see that happen and really take um, ownership of like my own life and seeing that I have opportunity to do something more than just. <laughs> Follow whatever we're supposed to be doing here, uh, the way some other group or organization has said it to be. Uh-huh. So yeah, I don't know. Reevaluating a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, without without re- re- erasing it all, you know. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's wise. Uh, I just thought of this. It's just curious to me. Do you think that? Uh, are you are you thirty now? Yeah. Okay. I am now. So you're, oh, when did that happen? November. November. Okay. So you had already close. turned 30 okay. when, when I met you okay. just recently. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So knowing that your 20s were a certain way. Yeah. And probably also having heard that uh, that's pretty normal for people in general. <laughs> right. Do you think you're going to, in the future, talking to your kids, like, give some sort of warning or perspective on, hey, your 20s are probably <laughs> going to look a certain way? <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: I don't know. I probably will be able to give the perspective at least. Yeah. yeah. Of and what say, yours was hey, like. Here's what this was. Yeah. This is it's formative, it is. And mm-hmm. I mean here's the here's what you're doing. You're coming from whatever space you've been, you're giving you're being given the opportunity to like kinda take over mm-hmm. from where you're at. Especially if you come from kind of the background I was where it's like public school, you have to do what we do from start to end. Right. Yeah. So that you get the credits to graduate and do the right set of things that we do and Mm -hmm. then that kind of same feeling in the church of like go through the sunday school or the life group or the whatever thing that you're doing and and or do your confirmation or whatever background and then you're at that space that okay now you take it you're a woman a man uh you're able to get to the next season where it's time to like take ownership and um so maybe, yeah, but I hope I hope I can maybe maybe shift that twenties back for my kids to like I don't know, who knows. But like to yeah, to be in that formative stage. But I think there also is just like naturally, like we're still growing and we're still mm-hmm. there's literal physical yeah. changes happening all through up to that twenties. Yeah. So I think yeah. as much as you want to yeah, help uh yeah. not not push like to be at adulthood, but to understand and be mature and what you do and take those steps but yeah i think there's a warning to like hey be aware that like this is a time this season will be a lot of shifts and change and yeah. evaluation of stuff mm-hmm.
0: and just being ready i think for questions that come because of yeah, that totally. um because i'm just thinking that that would have been it's it's interesting that I never received anything like that, and I think I was in a very similar place to you as far as being raised in the church, being very involved, doing uh-huh. all the right things, ch- yeah. checking the boxes. That uh, I kind of assumed that was just what you did and did not have any conception to prepare me for a time when everything would shift and change. I didn't have any expectation that there was going to be a big change. Okay. to make me start, that I would start reevaluating things and maybe look very different and think very different from yeah. those who I was around. And I'm just thinking now about in the future how helpful that probably would be. Yeah, totally. kids, to, Just yeah. to have a parent come alongside them and let them know, hey, life is really dynamic. Yeah. And things aren't always going to look the way you think they do now. And that doesn't mean that the way you're doing it now is totally wrong. Mm-hmm. Just try to have an open mind and grace on yourself as yeah. growth happens. Totally. <laughs> uh just that simple little <laughs> sentence there. I feel That's like it would be sure. very helpful. Yeah. No bash on, you know, how I was raised or sure. anything. I I I tell people like, I don't think I have any bitterness toward the way I was raised or the totally. way my parents did things. I, I try to have as much grace as possible and recognize um your parents can only teach you what they learned. Mm. Um, and chances are everybody's parents learned a lot of things from their parents. Yeah. So I definitely learned a lot of things from my parents and now I'm also as an adult able to look back pretty objectively and think, well, here's things I didn't really learn and that I could have benefited from. So I'm going to carry that forward and hopefully teach my children sure. those things. Yeah. But not have a bitterness about not learning, you know. That's <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I don't
1: think it's wise, yeah.
0: Right. No bitterness, Definitely. bitterness is not really <laughs> right, the right path. Yep. So I want to back up. You mentioned when I asked about the um, eldest sibling stuff. Oh yeah. That there's yeah. a stereotype of a, maybe a controlling nature yeah. in being a firstborn. Mm. Um, what do you think? How do you how do you think that has positively impacted? your life today like as an adult Mm -hmm. how has that maybe natural inclination actually been beneficial to you do you think
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i think uh some of the projects and things that i've started to get into recently even um in the last few years uh kind of being able to self-start things has been probably one of the bigger things that has come up for me anyway that I feel like I see this like um, I'm aware that I can do something. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I don't maybe play the victim. Um, there are there are people that have been a you know victims, but like there's sometimes in our culture it's easy to play this victim and just like it wasn't handed to me in the right way, and I'm just in this spot and. Society's done this to me. Right. And I hope that, um, I think that that's what I see is like, I feel like I'm able to take steps when something's n- not right out of balance. Um, if, if I made a wrong decision, if it is something irresponsible in what I'm doing, I, I feel the weight of it. So sometimes that can be a negative, but I feel like a lot of times that's a positive for me. To be able to say like, okay, I can change this now. Let's go. Like, mm-hmm. let's make a change. Um, my wife gets annoyed sometimes, but I don't feel right about the space right now. I'm moving that chair all the way across (laughs) the room and that couch and I'm doing it right now (laughs) (laughs) and we're shifting the whole room and, uh, or Uh the bed is going the entire opposite direction in our room and we're changing it all, you know, and just shift what we're doing. So, um, so I think there's some of that and, and then being able to get stuff done. Um, it's not always great, but also I'm able to do, you know, uh, get things knocked out because I really will, will' put my mind to it and go after it and mm-hmm. and I, and I get I, I sometimes will jump into things that I enjoy a lot like skateboard or running for instance like that or uh-huh. we'll get into like rollerblading recently we did that again stuff that i i can I don't like uh other intense things but if I'm in control of it I don't mind it so like I don't maybe want to bungee jump or skydive but I'll try to drop in on one of the higher <laughs> ramps at the skate park and yeah. see what happens. So it's then I would
0: <laughs> much rather skydive than try to like go down a half pipe. Yeah. Honestly, cause I would look at that and I'd think there's ground right there right. and I'm going to fall on it and get all burned up. I would love to skydive though. Yeah. Yeah. Would I don't think there'd be any hesitation in me for jumping out of a plane, <laughs> but I've never done it. So, yeah. so I, I Can't
1: also speak. not into heights, but that. maybe that's a control thing
0: too. So. Oh yeah, maybe Who it knows? is. Man, I was thinking about that today in my own life, um, which is maybe why I wanted to go back to that question too, yeah. so I could talk about myself because uh-huh. I think I'm so great. Um, <laughs> no control. I was sitting at um, the coffee shop I go to pretty much every Monday, and it's like the end of my Sabbath. I'm approaching this time when I'm going to start being productive again, and the morning basically monday morning is my time to to talk with god and try and like prepare myself for the week in the best way i can mm-hmm. which to me comes in the form of like remembering i'm not really in control and i have someone at my back who i can really depend on mm. and things are going to be okay because of that but i just didn't feel right this morning just this morning felt like, I couldn't get grasp on anything. I didn't feel very steady. I guess I didn't feel in control. And I was journaling, and I compared myself to Bilbo. I said, I, uh-huh. I kind of feel stretched. Uh-huh. Like, um, I've been... I honestly have been feeling, I think, recently, yeah. and this morning coming to a place where I was recognizing it and being able to call it out, I've been feeling recently like my life is kind of cluttered. Like I've been accumulating too much. um, Mammon is the word I use in my, my journal there. For those who don't know, it's a very Christianese term. Just think stuff that's probably unnecessary. (laughs) Um, You can't take it with you. It'll probably turn to dust at some point. That's mammon generally. And it puts me in this, this like frenetic Anxious space. Uh-huh. Um, I think now more than it would have in the past, because I've made such strides to minimize in my life and mm-hmm. to only have what I think I need yeah. or that really serves me well. And I've noticed that because of that, when I start letting things into my life that I haven't thought that much about or I don't think I really need or that it just doesn't feel quite right, yeah. eventually it compounds. And it feels awful. Oh yeah. yeah. And I know not everybody is that way. Oh, but that's hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, you relate. I feel that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm even. I'm looking at this quadenza <laughs> thing. I'm like, you know, when I bought it, I brought it in here and put it in the room, and I thought it's a little dark. I don't know if that it's quite what I wanted, but it was like eighty-five percent of what I wanted, uh-huh. so I got it. Yeah. And I realized that it's like putting off this energy (laughs) that I'm taking into my brain that says, this is not right. I need to change it. Uh And I haven't. It's Uh just been sitting there. And it's been rubbing me the wrong way this whole time. And that's just one example. But like a bunch Mm -hmm. of different stuff, I feel like, has been doing that. And I think part of it is that I've become, I've taken control Right, mm-hmm. of my life in the last few years. Yeah. Um, in a lot of good ways, yeah. because I think it's important to take initiative and like take charge of your life and make decisions and go through things that you want and make changes that you think you should. Yeah. But if you get really used to that place of being able to change anything you want all the time, I think it can be difficult to be confronted with things that you don't have the ability to immediately change. Yeah. Oh, and
1: man. That's yeah. our time. Yeah. Especially with having a world that you can 100% control all the time in your pocket. Yeah. And that's the world we're growing up in where I can create myself, my identity, and show who I am on my social medias. Mm-hmm and I can control it and it gives you know it's a the drug of choice right (laughs) of our time and Uh so yeah that is that's really interesting yeah yeah and beyond that
0: that too I think beyond just I can control the way that I'm perceived Mm -hmm. I can also control the narratives that I have to be confronted by Mm, yeah because the way social media works is essentially I'm gonna talk about it like it's a machine. Right. Right? Yep. But this machine wants to benefit from those who use it. Yes. If you use it more, right, it benefits more. Yep. And if you're fed things that you really like more, you're more likely to use this machine. Yeah. And so that's why, for those who don't know, if you only see on <laughs> social media the news that you agree with and the perspectives that you think are correct, it's because the algorithms that are showing you those things know that that's what you want to see. Yep. Um,
1: Or anything to keep you on.
0: Yeah. That's what's also
1: interesting is Mm -hmm. I've seen recently, at least in my feed, because I'm not on often, so I've been on on just the computer instead of the phone. Mm. And uh, it was really interesting because I hadn't been on uh, anything in a while. Went in to check any notifications going on and happened to be with, roe v wade stuff going on uh all i got and it it wasn't one side or the other all i got was the most heated ones friends that like people i haven't seen on my feed in years popping up Mm. how do i keep this person engaged how does this machine as we say keep, keep keep how do i keep them to stay here get them frustrated with that and stay on that thing and think about should i Say something back. Should I say something to this person that I don't agree with or this person I really do agree with? Yeah, word. You know, get, yeah. See people's opinions and whatever, it, whatever they can do. You uh-huh. know, whatever they, whoever they are, the machine, whatever the machine can <laughs> do, the AI can do to keep you. Yeah. Make a little more money. On it's you. very interesting.
0: <laughs> do you find that you easily drift into daydreams or fantasies in your life?
1: Yeah, um, daydream sometimes. Yeah, if I'm, yeah, if I'm in working mode, especially like in a more repetitive type thing, task mm-hmm. work, I'll definitely get in pretty quick. Or like, um, a lot of them are like business idea things I just throw in and like, oh, that would be. Yeah. Those kind of just all kinds of random things. Or yeah, just some random uh who knows. Yeah. All kinds of different stuff. I also like reading a lot of fantasy stuff too. Uh-huh. Not fantasy as much as sci fi, but like stuff that's out there. Creative. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I think I do reverie. Yeah. Daydream.
0: Reverie. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Man, I do it too much. Yeah, it's yeah. So my enneagram type for anybody who's into that is four, oh. and I am the the. Yes. What's the? I am like the archetype of the four. Okay. Um.
1: You are unique.
0: Yeah, I am unique. Are, no one. And like but you. I'm always just living in these idealized mm-hmm. fantasies, mm. and ways it shows itself when I'm not being the healthiest or when I know I'm not really taking control, we'll yeah, say again, right? of my thoughts. Mm. Um
1: You can go dark.
0: Yeah, the that boys, and I can yeah. almost favor a certain version of myself that I've created in my mind mm. over my reality. Okay. And so I'll notice these narratives forming in my mind all the time of Joel, but not Joel who's a barista and just has a podcast that a few friends listen to, yeah. but Joel who is like a public speaker who's a household name Uh, or Joel, who's like the hero in some sense Uh in this story. Sure. And Uh. I was just thinking the other day of one (laughs) where I just had the urge. I was like, I should just make up this story and start thinking this in my mind. Yeah. And I was thinking of being asked, this is years down the road, Uh and I'm asked to have a conversation with an AI Mm. because it's this self-generated AI and I'm regarded as a, as a, the master of conversation Uh Uh (laughs) and they want me to have a conversation with this AI because it's, it's a bit of an anomaly and people are curious about it and it's, it's a weird thing because it's dangerous and you know, all the thoughts that come to people's heads when they think of super intelligent machines. Yeah. Um, like weaving that into the uh-huh, story. Uh-huh. And I was just playing this narrative in my head while I was yes. driving to be with friends. And that happens That's far great. too often.
1: AI is like this crazy, crazy, crazy space. I still like not totally understanding of it, but I think it's pretty creepy and cool at the same time, but yeah, mostly creepy. I do <laughs> In so many conversations in the last like, gear that have been just random things or, like, uh, pieces going around AI. But I also like sci-fi stuff, so yeah. I've read a lot of older um, sci-fi in the last couple of years, but not a lot of the standards, so I actually haven't read some of the, like, big ones on AI that are kind of the early robot, I robot type uh-huh. books, um, but those are really interest me. And that, that whole thing, we, have you ever seen, um, humans, the show?
0: Uh, no. Okay.
1: It's pretty wild. <laughs> the idea is, is similar where there's actually like robots that look like you and I. And, oh, yeah, And it's, so it's, it's, uh, it's like there, I forget all of it cause it's been a while since we watched it, but yeah, it's probably, they probably push some of the most philosophical questions about like, like okay, can you kill a robot that looks like a person that's almost able to think completely on their own? And where's the line that that is? Can a robot live on their own?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Should we be able to allow this AI robot to have an apartment when there's not enough space for all the people? Uh-huh. Uh, like, is this a person? Yeah, They look like a person can I do this with this robot? Can I... Whatever the different mm-hmm. question is. Um, yeah. I wouldn't suggest everyone watch it. There's... It's not the most wholesome show. Yeah. But overall, it is pretty clean, surprisingly. So hmm. there's a few little scenes that we were kind of like, eh, all right, let's not watch that. Yeah. So, but...
0: I amazing.
1: like... It's a super awesome one. I they like people well.
0: posing those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even... I haven't seen the movie Her, but I know what the concept is. Have you seen it? Joaquin Phoenix. Oh no. He falls in love with a robot, basically. Gotcha. Think, think, what people already do and having internet romances with um, chat room robots, right? Um, But super advanced, right? Interesting. Um, Basically, just posing this idea: if a machine can think and feel and interact with you Mm. in such a way that you can build a relationship with it that you would in the same way you would a human yep is it right Right. or okay to have a romantic relationship with a machine (laughs) yep and the concept is something that at the time it came out i was very much just this is ridiculous right and just pass it off yeah but it's not an easy question
1: yeah i think it's
0: it's very interesting because relationship is so much more than even if we're just if we're talking about a machine that's really just something you talk with relationship is very much built on communication and and talking and sharing your thoughts and your Mm. minds with somebody um so if you can have that with a person Mm. what makes it where where's the the line as yeah. far as how, what type of relationship you can have with a yeah. machine sure um and i also am not well versed in ai i'm not sure yeah. how good they are at that kind of yeah, things yeah. i <laughs> i'm very doubtful that <laughs> any ai currently could have a conversation with me that would be convincing right yeah. that would not I feel, feel like same. a robot talking
1: to me you can read the blogs and you're like uh what robot wrote this article yeah 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 <laughs> yeah
0: but it's an interesting yeah. thought.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I I'm not worried about it, but
0: I'm not either. But it's I'm really curious.
1: Yeah. that's why it's sci-fi, you know, yeah. the science fiction side.
0: But science fiction is interesting because is. technology is doesn't seem to have a cap in terms of how far it progresses, mm. and so yeah. science fiction is really just people taking. Um, the technology that they know, or ideas that they know are out there, and saying, "What if technology could actually make this possible?" Mm. Um, in some yeah, instances, anyway. Definitely. And the thing is, eventually, it is a reality. At some point oh, in yeah, time, th- right? We, I
1: was I made it through some of the Jules Verne stuff, and yeah, his his uh, version of sci-fi, what we would mm-hmm. consider, probably wouldn't connect. It's like I'm going to take a balloon. Yeah. Fly it all the way to Africa. You're yeah. Like, Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh-huh. sci fi. And you're like, wait, that's this. Why is this sci fi? Yeah. Now, now, and then as I'm like reading, oh, oh, yeah, I guess. I guess that's fiction for the time. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um, or just robots or machines that talk back to us. Right. Um, there was a novella. Novella? 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 Mm, one of those. How Novela. do you say it? Do, I would guess. Novella? novella. Okay, there was a short novel. You can let us know, listeners. Yeah, somebody correct me. <laughs> write me an email, because um, there's no comments. Right. <laughs> uh, there was a short story written back in the early 20th century. I want to say this was around 1920, and it okay. was called "The Machine Stops," and it takes place in this world on Earth where humans no longer live on the surface of the world. They live underground Mm -hmm. in these pods basically where all of their physical needs are Mm. taken care of and given to them by the machine. The machine provides all their needs. Mm -hmm. And they also no longer have relationship with other humans face Uh, to face. uh, They communicate with each other through these video chat boxes. (laughs) And somebody one of the the main protagonists in this story starts questioning and saying, why can't we talk to each other Mm face-to-face? Who says that the machine actually knows what we need? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And this was written a hundred years ago. Right. Where we are now in a world, especially in very recent history, where the idea that the powers that be above us will give us everything we need, and the importance of face to face connection has been undermined. Yeah. And you've a lot of us have essentially been convinced that interaction through mobile phones or the internet can fulfill those needs and yeah. desires. And that's that's a reality that we've not been living in for yeah. a while. Um, because the technology has caught up enough that yeah. you can make that they happen. Can, they can sell that yeah. yeah, yeah I mean there are people I and mean, it is it sounds it'll it's kind of a humorous thing to say, but it's also really sad, but there are people who just basically live in their basement yeah and play video games and their communication with the outside world is whoever they're chatting with while they're playing and they have very little exposure to the world outside, essentially what is fed to them Mm -hmm. in that space. And that was not a reality not very long ago. Yeah,
1: that's true.
0: Meanwhile, Mm. I got up yesterday from my home and drove down the road just to buy a video game (laughs) to come (laughs) back and just dive back into that world that I had got to be in for a while. Uh Yeah. I'm a big Metal Gear Solid fan. Oh, okay, Very good game. They got
1: some new stuff out.
0: No, this was Metal Gear Solid Four, which okay. came out in 2008. Nice. In my opinion, the last great Metal Gear. But <laughs> that's a controversial opinion. We don't need to get into that. Mm. Instead, let's go back and talk about um, the church and how you know non-controversial <laughs> that that's is. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm. Easy conversation. Yeah, I mean. Normally <laughs> normally I before recording I ask people like is there anything you don't want to talk about? Yeah. And I forgot to do that hey, you today. You did. But um let's not talk about Our church. first conversation though, yeah. uh was just a few days ago. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it was around your experience in the church and certain kind of changes and evolutions you've been going through mm-hmm. in the last year or two or Five or ten. Yeah. Um and I loved that conversation. Yeah. I loved being able to have that with you. Um and it made me just really curious to talk more about it. Yeah. One, this is something that we talk about a lot on this podcast. If yeah. you've only listened to a few and you've probably picked up on that, mm-hmm. that I am I am a Christian. That's what I'll tell people. I'm a Christian. I mean, I follow Jesus Christ. Yeah. But the ways that I do that and what my mindset is in pursuing God yep. has evolved and changed a lot over the years. Yeah. And I'm not okay with myself or other people reaching adulthood or reaching these later stages of their life and still being in those early checklist kind of places where my relationship with God very much is dependent upon this type of thing that I do or being in this type of culture or doing these types of things that are referred to as worship. Um, I tell people I'm a Christian, but I'm probably a very non-conventional one. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's good. Yeah. Um, And I, I, I really like this being a, a show that I can let that come out. Yeah. And I can be really comfortable having conversations like that with people in part because one I like having them and being able to receive from other people and hopefully give something to them. But also I don't know who's listening. Sure. And somebody who is might be in this place where they're thinking of abandoning everything about what they were taught growing up Mm. because they've come into conflict and they're experiencing some sort of dissonance around faith and the world that they live in now yeah so i i do want to explore more of that with you um i think you have a lot of valuable things to say and i would love to continue yeah talking around this so yeah to start Uh, We talked a little bit about, like, this just earlier, Um, but was there a point at which you saw the, the system that you were operating in as not quite enough or in need of a change? And was there something that prompted it, or was it very organic?
1: Yeah. I was aware when I was about 17. um, I'd been leading worship a little bit in the student ministry at the church I was at. And um, I don't think it was even a system thing. It was more of my own question questioning and trying to figure out what it really looks like to connect with God that I I asked a guy that was kind of helping me um Corey that um was kind of helping me learn how to even just sing literally literally, (laughs) the actual physical singing and helping me uh, just be able to learn how to do that and Uh also to lead these teams to say uh you know like how's it going how's the music whatever how how are you getting is the band all right you doing okay like leading and Um, and there was several nights that I would come off like, man, that was awesome. Everybody was singing and like, everybody was really connected musically. And like, I really feel like God used me when I was like praying. I just didn't even feel like in control and like that God was doing something. And then next week I would be like, no one was singing. I don't know if God (laughs) is like talking through me or if I even like know, Am I even connected to God? And like, I feel like so just dry, and nothing was, nothing's happening. And it was just uh, very emotional. Like I was very, I feel like I was probably pretty dramatic seeming to some of this. and I, I didn't, I don't think I really like acted dramatic. Like I feel so, you know. But I did like, man, like something was off mm-hmm. tonight. What was that? And those kinds of questions of just like very emotionally driven, feeling driven. Uh, way of like perceiving is God working or not in those early days learning how to like lead people in singing and um, worship was very like not mysterious but I feel like mystic to me kind of this like I wanted it to be a beyond experience maybe that was the teaching of just the way musicians talked about those times and the experience I'd had, I'd had at worship concerts, or something, or I don't know what, but I felt like I wasn't clicking with everybody there, <laughs> and I felt like uh, I had a hard time towards in that space of like pushing back and forth. Like I feel like I'm a leader. I'm leading with music, and I know I need to be a worship leader, and I need to get out of my own comfort zone. But it needs to be more than music. I need to be able to lead people, so I need to meet these people in my my youth group and talk to people, get out of my own comfort zone of like having conversations. And then, uh, yeah. And then after that, um, just got, I, I don't know, I was kind of back and forth in this confused space. Cause at the same time as that, I was having a really hard time just like doing a quiet time that didn't click for me and, um, I would do it. But, um, I just think there was a lot of stuff m- missing in that space for me. And I, a lot of times was doing that for myself. So I think that was a starting point that wasn't connected specifically to the way it was being done, but the way it was being done wasn't helping me get, mm. it wasn't making me aware of what was really going on maybe in me yeah. at that time. That's before I was really, before I think the spirit of God changed me.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned quiet time too. Yeah. For those who don't know, talk about what what is quiet time and what did it look like for you?
1: Yeah, quiet time for me looked like um, basically a time of three ish things, but usually a time reading something from the Bible, a time of prayer of some kind. Learn a lot of different structures for kind of and strategies for that. Growing up in a church um, of like an ACTS method was one that we learned. So it's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Mm. Follow these kind of things and learned a lot from that too. It helped me, to, you know, sometimes to be able to get out of the rut of like, I'm going to pray and I'm just going to ask God for something. Every single time I start to pray to God, it's like, God, help me with this. God, help me with this. And to start in a space of like starting an adoration, that's kind of cool. So some mm. of those things were really great helpful mm-hmm. strategies and stuff. So don't throw everything out, but it is a lot of times a structured time of like checklist for me of reading maybe a piece of the Bible, sometimes reading a devotional from one of the books that I had. Um, there'd be a short, you know, teaching on something that's a biblical foundation and then yeah, a short time of prayer. And um, again, though, I was very like drawn into like an emotional, like like what is going to happen this moment, kind of expectation of like an experience that's so beyond in this moment when I am doing these three things, mm-hmm. <laughs> and make sure I did them. Yeah, if I'm doing morning. these, <laughs> if
0: I'm doing it right, as if I'm doing Christianity right. Yeah, should it not feel a certain way?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah.
0: So that B- kind of B- about a
1: short section to scripture and different things like that. Yeah. yeah. To, or memory, maybe even like add a memory verse to that. But quiet time, surprisingly, I it wasn't a lot of like quiet.
0: It wasn't from, from very me. Quiet?
1: It was like maybe physically quiet, but my mind space it was oh. never about like stopping myself um, mm. and slowing and removing myself. It was like no matter what's going on, like whether I did it at night or the morning, uh, it was like in the midst of the routine, hit the thing, make sure I did it, and then done you know make mm-hmm. sure i read something that day make sure i said at least a second of a prayer <laughs> one thing to god and yeah. then go uh and um so yeah so that's changing a lot for me but anyway that was a mm-hmm. long explanation of a quiet time
0: yeah I don't know. well but yeah. it's changed a lot now so. uh-huh
1: and then i had to, some of the guys were like i don't want to call it a quiet time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we did this like disciplines of uh, following Jesus and what does it look like right. to be a disciple. Like, let's just rename it. It's so tainted in our minds. Then, like, call something yeah. else. Yeah. yeah.
0: So what are you calling it now? Do you have a different name?
1: Um, I like uh, Solitude.
0: Solitude, yeah.
1: What's, um, is it John Mark Comer that did The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry? Yes. Yeah, he did that. Yeah. Bridgetown guy. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. Solitude. I've been
0: saying the word meditation, mm-hmm. which I like, Me too. but people are also always asked, like, oh, what do you mean? Yeah. And I, I say, like, well, uh, I'll usually read something from scripture. Um and I'll just talk to God and I'll pray, maybe yeah. journal. But it's not super structured. Yeah. It's just a time to try and like focus and think intentionally yeah. and not let me myself be pulled in all these directions by all the things that might be going on in my day yeah. and what might be distracting or making me feel a certain way, like this mm-hmm. is a time to just kind of ground myself again right? and be calm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's definitely, though, there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of conceptions and also I think, what's the word <laughs> there's a lot of thoughts on quiet time and what is it yeah. and even how necessary is it yeah and i think usually when that question comes into play how necessary is it is from people pushing back against the idea that it has to look a certain way sure because maybe they've been told it has to look a certain way definitely and i think that's again something that's like it's unfortunate and it it makes me want to be able to have that conversation like hey Quiet time doesn't mean you have to get up at four o'clock, read your Bible for one hour, yeah. and and then eat breakfast and do right, things right. like that. That's not how it has to be. Um, God, I think, is very understanding, yeah, and definitely also probably doesn't want us to behave a very specific way just because that's how uh, someone else has done it.
1: Yeah, there's a funny. Um Thought that kind of came in um, to my mind because we were reading through um, a book. I was I was reading with three other guys and kind of trying to help walk through like discipling and what does that look to be disc deci- look like to be discipled. None of these guys really felt like they had after all of them growing up in the church for at least twenty years. Some of them thirty, and um, so I was like, well, why don't we, you know. Try that. <laughs> Let's do that. I'll walk you through and I'll kinda walk you through what I do and where I'm at in life. And um there was uh a, a section on a quiet time and uh it was really interesting to me because uh they kinda gave some examples of why do we do a quiet time? What is a quiet time? And they, you know, walked through what we just kinda talked about and one of those elements that they they kinda brought in was like, Oh here's like here's the example of Jesus. And you know, he and, and Jesus went and, it was early in the morning. He went out to pray to the Father um, while it while it was like while it was still dark or while it was still early. However, it was you know sad, and the disciples, were mm-hmm. where is he? And he comes back in, talking with the Father, and um, that was the example given. I said that sounds great. It doesn't remind me of what I feel like I've been told to do, but and the equ- the equating that with. What their example of quiet time was was kind of confusing to me because it's like, well, that that doesn't sound like getting out your two books and your coffee and your, you know, whatever whatever right. your picturesque Instagram mm-hmm. post looks like of your quiet time. Yeah, and and so I think yeah, it's this pushback to say like, well, yeah, but what, mm-hmm. what is that supposed to be? Are we supposed to even do it? And so when we look at when we do really look at Jesus, I think yeah. But it is, it is this picture of solitude, not isolating, like never talking to anyone, but it is this like separating yourself from the rhythm of life to be with the Father. Uh, it's in this time of like communion and worship with him. And I think that gets removed a lot when we try to put too much formula on it. And when we try to um I don't know, put that put that in a box and um but it also reminds me of Sabbath. It's like a mini version. It's yeah. the separating of the week. It's make this time holy. Mm-hmm. So it's a time of yeah, being with the Lord.
0: Yeah. I've heard uh I can't quote it exactly, but I've heard um a teaching on Sabbath and someone describing it as intentionally inconveniencing yourself. To remember that God is the one who's in control, Mm. and yeah, I think having that one as a weekly rhythm, I'll very heavily advocate for having an actual Sabbath. Yeah, Um, but also on a daily rhythm, just having a time when you just stop, which is what Sabbath means. Yep, and just yeah, reground yourself in in God, and what is true. And it doesn't have to look a very specific way, but it does, I think, need to be really intentional. And there is definitely discipline to it and yep. intentionality involved. Definitely. And I think that we can, like, it's really normal, I think, for people to throw the baby out with the bathwater yeah, and yeah. be like, well, we've done it this way for this long. And I think for this reason, it's garbage. So let's <laughs> just get rid of all of it and start yeah. off. I'm like, yeah. well, you, you can you can ease out, you yeah. can ease back on it a little bit. And recognize the positives that there are in it too. Like being very um, disciplined about spending time with God, Mm. spending time just talking with him, whether or not you feel like it. That's a good discipline to be in. Just like you probably know as a married man, like you should spend time with your wife and Mm. talk with her. Yep. And it's not just something you do because here we go. Here's the, the box that I need to check. And now I spent time with her and therefore our relationship is great. Right. Um, yeah. And even I, that's
1: hard to do. And yeah. she's right here with me every day. Like we're walking together doing things, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not a, Oh, we're just going to have a conversation.
0: Yeah. It takes intention. That's right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've heard anyway. So I don't know. It does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There it, there it is. Definitely. Yeah. How long have you and Carly been married?
1: Five years, but we're coming on six in October. Okay. Yeah. And now a seven-month baby. Wow. Mabel is seven, so pretty fun. Getting close to eight months old.
0: She seems very sweet. Yeah. I don't know if I've got her to smile directly at me. Yeah. But definitely doesn't like cry when I look at her. It is great. Yeah. Yeah. I've been around babies that are that way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I did want to say meditation.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Meditation and yoga and some of these things that get like totally kicked to the ground sometimes mm-hmm. like, this is evil. Yeah. This is it's not Eastern. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wait, Christianity is Eastern. Yeah. Wait a second. What? Yeah. Jesus is not from over here. Right. Our side of the pond, whatever you yeah. say. <laughs> I was having a conversation uh, with
0: somebody recently. And she used the phrase, God is not American. Mm. <laughs> and it just made me laugh because yeah. I'm like, well, we really do think of him that way a lot of the time. Right. Oh, uh, it's interesting.
1: Your context does set that, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's a, have you, you listen to the Bible Project podcast, mm-hmm. and yeah. there's one that they talk about family, and they do a whole series on the family of God. and um, and, and they open it talking about a church that's there and they believe in Israel, and then it's, um, they did all these paintings and had different painters from all over the world paint pictures of mm. Jesus, and they all kind of had touches yes. of their style. Yeah, know, I their, remember this. Yeah. So uh-huh. not all of them were you know, necessarily specific, you know, whatever color or look or whatever, but it fit the style of that space. So that yes. interesting idea of that, and Jim Carrey kind of does a picture of that same idea where he's like, I see all of the different, uh, how does he say ethnicity or something, all the different kinds of people the face of jesus Mm. in his kind of as he was kind of working through his existence so yeah yeah but i I think that's interesting yeah
0: and it's another that's another example of how i'm not gonna tell people like god is not american and so therefore everything that americans do as the church is wrong it's not Mm. that correct it's that definitely we have to recognize we and how we express relationship with God are part of a much larger picture mm. and like I always say everybody gets something right but not everything right yeah I'm not gonna ever think that anybody's a hundred percent right about mm. something um, but everybody is a li- at least a little bit right about something yeah and so I want to be able to learn from those things and, and get like bits and pieces from lots of different mm. perspectives and cultures yep. because none of them is getting it totally right Right, you know, definitely. Jesus came on the scene with all of his Eastern Jewish brethren and told all of them, too, like, you're getting things wrong, too, in this traditionalism that you're bringing to the picture and making yeah. it about this thing. And he wasn't saying, now we're going to throw out Judaism and right. nothing of what you've done or practiced matters. Yep. But he was reinterpreting and introducing new things and saying, let's let's refine and make this even better, like, what does it mean to love God and to love your neighbor? And let's flesh that out more. Um,
1: That's good. Yeah. And I got into meditation uh year. Yeah, about a year ago. Um,
2: what when does you that hear look that, like?
1: Yeah, when you hear it, yeah. I got into meditation. Uh-huh. It's like, oh. What app do you use? <laughs> no. A headspace. Do oh, but uh, I don't it's know. It's a great place to start, I don't know by any the way. Of the, any of the apps, but there they are, yeah, there's some good stuff. But I do um, a great resource is um, the biblical, the no, it's a, the Lost Art of Biblical Meditation. Hmm. So, yeah, if, you're, if you follow Jesus and you're like, I don't understand, why are you talking about meditation? There's an example for you. And it's a great resource talking about it. It's like um, he walks through a lot of different things about about that. And it's very um, like great examples of scriptural meditation. What does that look like whenever we talk about meditate on the word of God mm-hmm. to, to meditate day and night? What are these things? What? What does it look like? What does that really um, mean? And yeah, so I find myself in that space. Um, used to be daily, not right now. It's just kind of not been that way, but um, I'm trying to kind of reset that discipline. And um, But I would do that while I stretch. It would allow me to read something and then spend time just thinking as I am forced to slow down and breathe and do that.
2: Mm.
1: I don't know a lot of specific yoga stuff, but <laughs> I know some great stretching, and a lot of it comes... Uh, does it come from yoga, or did yoga come from stretching? I don't know. But I think I I'd, I'd do all of those different types of things, whatever yeah. my body is needing to stretch. So uh-huh. a lot of those moves are probably similar in some way. And it's pretty interesting sometimes that a practice of spiritual death and emptying um, to the universe or to, I don't know, depends on what you believe, you know, different people believe different things that are yogis or not, but um, that that, because of that spiritual practice of that, that the stretching has been removed, you know, from many Christians' lives. Mm Mm-hmm us stiff-necked people. <laughs> that's oh, what I man. have to wow. think Ooh, my, <laughs> my neck is literally stiff. I have to stretch every day. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. literally feeling that. So uh, who knows if that's connected uh, or not. Feel, but, you know, now. yeah, it's interesting. So uh, I, I, I have definitely, like, had to, had to um, learn about that because meditation is not a piece that was... It wasn't, like, completely foreign. I have great... There's great teachers where... You know where I was at in church and um, what church I was connected to, but but yeah, it wasn't. I, I didn't see that. Like, all right, let's go yeah. sit in silence for a while. Right. Okay.
0: So, and I and I think a lot of people, at least from my generation, and I think the generation of like our parents probably, were not really acquainted with it unless unless they were. I think in different in different spheres, there are definitely spiritual teachers talking about meditation because yeah. it is and has been a yep. spiritual discipline um for a long time but in but i think we have in certain ways fallen into the trap of abandoning a lot of the spiritual disciplines mm. in an effort to maybe distance ourselves from legalism or sure yeah doing things just because it's how they've been done or tradition you could yeah. say but again, I think that's an example of throwing the baby out with the bath totally. water, which is one of my favorite phrases. It just, uh, I feel like yeah. it, it just gets the point across really easily. That's right. Because
1: um, we like babies.
0: Yeah, we like babies. That's right. But <laughs> drain the tub, geez. That's
1: it. Keep it easy. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> that's funny. And what else is a quiet time? Meditating. Like, that's a, it's quiet and you're listening to the Lord. or talking slowly, periodically. So sometimes like I think there's a reason it was called quiet time. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's wrong either side. So yeah. I think it's kind of this <laughs> we have to really pursue it.
0: Yeah. What do you think the um this is probably a really big question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious about your thoughts on that divide that a lot of people see between the really the eastern perspective. Okay. And what people are used to in the church today and why it can even seem threatening or dangerous when people start using eastern terminology or talking in this way that seems very eastern like i have this phrase that i throw out all the time partly because i know it sounds funny to people but partly completely serious as i say hold all of life with an open palm because everything is transient okay and when i say that to Christians, sometimes people are like, "Hey, that sounds a little <laughs> New Agey," and I'm like, "By New Age, you mean I think a repackaging of very old Eastern perspectives, right?" But
1: yeah, um,
0: I think yeah. there's
1: like a <laughs> mystical side, yeah, that sometimes people are like uh, turned <laughs> off by or like like worried about mm-hmm. something like pulling them off the rails to this other. Thing and like I don't know. There's there's something in that sense of like of that space and I and I get it totally. I yeah. was telling uh, Carly and I were talking the other day though. I was like, it reminds me of like rock music. Rock what music, does rock music? This type of a conversation about like just totally like kicking away anything that could come or, from yeah, a different yeah. culture or or a different something. I just yeah, the word "different" is, comes to mind. Like it doesn't sit in the context that I'm in, uh-huh. and it feels like it doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't work uh, with Christianity, maybe specifically. But um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's a lot of rock music haters still in the <laughs> Christian church. But I uh, but I understand. <laughs> like, I think there's foundation for it. Like, I understand what what was going on as rock music was getting started and like the stuff that went around it, like there's satanic imagery. When you, when you read about like in the old Testament about the wicked and when that's brought up, you know, that we hear uh, things about whatever that looks like and in Proverbs, especially like the wicked um, in, in whatever, context that they're saying do wicked things um and and that was a picture of a lot of like rock bands and stuff in whatever 60s 70s 80s however you know whatever Uh that time period that you want to see when people were burning cds or records or tapes or whichever yeah eight tracks whatever that Uh was and um uh but but i think it's this picture of like okay so now any rock music needs to be destroyed. It's evil. Mm -hmm. And it's taking uh, something that has no (laughs) intrinsic value in this space of immorality of a good or bad thing and putting it on it because of the attachment to something else that was the other, that is wicked, that is killing, or that is uh, sexual promiscuity or immorality, you know, that the purpose of that music and the, what they're singing about is those things. Okay. Well, that's a different thing than rock music. Mm -hmm. Big picture general, this giant generalization. So, um, so that picture, Carly and I were kind of talking about, I was like, Uh that's really interesting. Um, but now we're like playing rock music in the church. And some people are like, that church is the devil because of the using rock music. That's why they're going down. But, uh, (laughs) they're while well, they're singing old bar songs from, <laughs> in the hymn hymn style those uh. all those all those fun drinking songs from <laughs> Europe that they transferred over uh. but I think I think it's like it's funny because in in that sense so to to draw a, a line sometimes I Carly will tell you that sometimes I just go too far on my analogies and I just get into the analogy, but that picture of, of the way that it affects, um, the way we think about things like, yeah, like the word meditation or even just yoga. And then as soon as you hear that, you're like, Oh, that's horrible and evil. Okay. There are, there are not great things in some of the teachings there, but do you know Why? <laughs> Right. or you saying it's evil because someone else told you it was evil and they told you a couple things about those pieces so that anybody that's out stretching outside you think oh, okay S- stay back <laughs> from that you and know watch so, out for uh, those yogis that's <laughs> right get, get, back, get back and uh, I don't know I think sometimes we just we want to maybe we want to fight maybe we want some, some other thing because we, we haven't really like stepped into that but I think that yeah, I think that's kind of culturally it's like this. Um it comes back to fear sometimes too of like maybe I'm not maybe I don't know enough about my own faith and I'm worried that like it, those things could totally trip me up and take me away to some horrible place and mm-hmm. um and I think if you're pursuing the Lord and you're asking the spirit to guide you like it's going to be pretty clear. And I don't. I don't think you're going to have that. And Jesus says, "My yoke is easy; burden is light." Um, the other stuff that we add on—that's that, that, our decisions to <laughs> add weight to ourselves. Um, and but but when I look at like just walking with with the Lord, I'm gonna screw up. One way or another. And so like, am I going to walk on eggshells um, and like, I hope that I never make a mistake. Or um, am I going to walk with Jesus uh, no matter which space that I'm going in and what place that I'm, I'm going in. And uh, what I mean, like over and over, it's like people aren't going to get you jesus says that the guys later on that are his apostles and those that are writing the letters later after that are saying that same thing like people will not understand um they're gonna persecute you they think they they persecuted me and they're not going to persecute you um what's that going to look like and and (laughs) and we don't even see a, a tiny bit of what that fully could look like here in the u.s but if if uh, I think if we expect that um, people are always going to understand us and we don't want to ever offend a single person, um, then you'll you'll be a nice person that doesn't offend people, but you may not be like walking with Jesus fully, um, experiencing like walking in obedience with Him. If if we will not take steps outside of our own cultural understanding or comfort zone or whatever that is mm-hmm. so that's something I'm still working through so it's not like a some hard fast perfect thing that yeah. I, that I'm teaching right now I'm just saying that's what we have to be in that space and be in a space of confession and, and openness to like seeing what the spirit's gonna do in us and lead and how he will like walk uh alongside and put it keep his hand on or take away as we're doing and close doors and just be aware of that so that's not my normal context either like It's not that people in the churches around are not saying anything about the spirit of God, but walking alongside a lot of times it feels like extremely practical to the point that it's like, cool. Like I can, yeah, we'll have great, like really well-produced service. it will be awesome. Like God, I hope you like this thing that we're about to do. Um, Instead of like, what is the, spirit of God doing around us and let's be a part of it and walk with him in that Mm -hmm. it's like, let's put on this thing in order that we have this service to God, um, worship service to God. And, um, yeah. So, uh, I feel like that we, that we put on, you know, and I, I don't think the guys that I know, I don't, I don't think at, at all the different churches, not just where I grew up, I don't think they have a bad heart or mindset on it most of the time either. Like it's not a, I, I don't want the Spirit of God to move. Right. It's like, how do how do we open space for the Spirit of God to like speak in this context that we're going to set up? You know, yeah. and I don't think it's a it's a bad uh, thing, but I, I have a different opinion. And that's one thing that I'm learning is like, um, it's okay to have difference of opinions. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, that's kind of going on, but until unity from Francis Chan was an amazing book that I just went through last year and it was very convicting. And I think kind of what you were saying earlier about percentages of of like, how sure are you of this thing or whatever? And he, he brings in that kind of context and I don't remember his numbers or what he says, but it's like, I'm 68% sure, uh, that I, um, think this about, um, taking communion or whatever it is, you know, and and then he'll jump into this other one. I'm like 89% sure about this thing, about Uh how the spirit of God, um, fills or moves in us. And he kind of lists these things. Um, but he says they're in flux Mm -hmm. and if they're not, then I might be in really big trouble because what does that mean? It means that I'm God. I get to make the decision on what is correct about what God has said about himself and what he is doing and what he is saying. That's way scarier than saying, I'm about this percent sure, and these guys have a really great argument about the other opinion on Mm -hmm. this side, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I believe they're filled with the Spirit and that they're seeking the Lord, and we're going to go after his mission on earth in unity we think very differently. <laughs> yeah. How in the world do we do that? The unity of the spirit of God and that's what Jesus prayed for for us. Mm-hmm. He prayed it for his disciples, he prayed it for those that would come after them, that's us and so anyway, that's a lot of different pictures of it but
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think it's super important stuff to remember to to think about. And I and like I said earlier, I don't think it comes from um I don't think it comes from a malevolent place. I like to assume the best in people, assume positive intent and recognize that even if I, looking back on something, feel like this system is flawed. Mm. I don't, and and I think I was hurt by or this person was hurt by this system. Therefore, these people are in the wrong and they're bad. I don't think that's it at all. I think generally people are trying to create spaces right where people can meet with god and they're doing the best they can to facilitate that definitely um the problem is we don't have all the answers and we're not even sure how to do that for ourselves a lot of the time let alone all the people around us and i think it's a normal human thing to systematize stuff definitely because it makes it easier yeah right we have a road system and certain rules that you follow when you're on the road so that Everyone stands the best chance of getting where they're going without dying. <laughs> sure. Right. Yep, yep. And it makes sense. That doesn't mean that nothing wrong ever happens when people are all technically obeying the law. Right. And on the road. Yep. Um, obviously, there's a lot of nuance there. Yeah. Um, but I, I think not giving yourself that room for the nuance and not recognizing that there are good arguments on both sides of these different issues. And and there's so many people with different thoughts on how we, what does a worship service look like? Or what is, what should a preacher actually be? How should he be teaching when he's up on stage? Sure. There's so many different thoughts on this. And I don't want to go into one church and listen to somebody teach and be like, I like the way he did it. All the other churches should do it that way too. (laughs) Like, Maybe he was just there and God used him today for these people in this room today, mm. and he's going to use somebody else in a different place in yep. a different way because oh, people man. need that. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I, I do think that the dangerous place to be is when you're not in flux mm. with how you see things because that probably means you're, you're not, you're not uh, growing. Definitely right, because growth com- is comes with change. Not all change is growth in a positive direction, but all growth involves change. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a hundred percent certain about something about God, I don't have much room to grow. Like I was thinking about recently, what it would mean for me if I thought if I ever come to a place where my expectation of a church is that their teaching is in 100 percent agreement with me mm. i'm in a really bad spot because that means either well that means a couple things that means i'm in an echo chamber and i have no room to grow or to teach because the thoughts I have are just the same ones that are bouncing around the room. Mm -hmm. And it also means I'm coming to this place with an assumption that I already understand how this should be, and I already know what this looks like. And I might know in part. Paul says we know in part, though. (laughs) We -hmm. prophesy Mm -hmm. in part. We see things in part. We don't have the whole picture. That doesn't mean that we're completely wrong about everything. definitely. But if we start thinking, seeing ourselves as completely right, that's a—I don't think that's a helpful place yeah. for anyone to be. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I haven't found a lot of people that will say that. Right. I have some people that've seen that, but most people won't 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 say that. But when it comes down to the the, 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 the like the day to day and what it plays out to be, it's a there are ruts. For sure, and it—I don't think it's purposeful most of the time when mm-hmm. it gets in that space. But without rhythms of confession with other people and being able to be in that type of a space um, with others, I think it's yeah, it's definitely easy to to fall into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, your own rhythm, your own um, yeah, like an echo chamber, or even just um, yeah space of what we call it in F3 is deceleration. You're yeah. accelerating or you're decelerating. You're not stagnant. Like if you're not going, you're you're slowing down. You're going to that, to that space. So, yeah, it, it's definitely like a, um, all, always moving thing and it takes intentionality continuously. Yeah. To move forward. Uh-huh. Definitely.
0: So you said F three. F three. What's that about?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) There's (laughs) some guys. As I start writing in my notes, some of these guys, yeah, are like. uh, It's funny. One of my buddies is saying, like, this is. I'm pretty sure uh, somebody, somebody, like, did a a tweet uh, recently saying their dad was in F three and um he started talking about all this stuff and then i realized i think he's in a frat <laughs> uh and then a buddy of ours uh, posted it in our channel today and he's like he's like i think i would probably say a cult more than <laughs> more than a frat uh uh-huh. but it is um it's pretty awesome uh with all that back and it's not related okay. to F1 right uh, no F3 <laughs> is uh Fitness, faith. Uh, sorry, fitness fellowship and faith. Um. Their mission is to plant, serve, and grow men's workout groups for the invigoration of male community leadership. So it's helping people get out of that rut of decelerating and just sitting around, like you were talking about the guy, um, the figurative guy in the basement, right? Um. It's just kind of going, just going just downhill. And, um, the decelerating is, is not just like in fitness, you know, it's not like this guy doesn't work out. <laughs> He's not, you know, he needs to get up and move there. That's, that's the first part because a lot of times that's a very fast visible sign yeah. of someone wanting to move forward or mm-hmm. being stuck. Um, but that's, that's only one of the F's for a reason. So fitness, fellowship, faith, um, and they're all important because if you're not accelerating in those other spaces then you're just a, they call it a jerk or worse. Yeah. And, uh, we'll keep it toned down, but they, um, yeah, basically like if you're just an incredible, you know, fit guy physically, like that's not the purpose of F3. Mm -hmm. it's to be accelerating also in fellowship and in your faith. So, yeah. So basically, like, really quick picture, it's a workout. They have several in our area here throughout the week. And so I got started with it right early on and then kind of took a break and then jumped back in recently. But um, just like it's a free men's workout. It's free, open to all men. It's always held outdoor, rain or shine. If it's lightning, oh. we try not to get out in the lightning. <laughs> Find a parking deck or something, uh, and um, heat or cold. And then we also um, one of the important parts, and this is the part that like really I think this is why it is growing in in the country because there's like three thousand of these groups hmm. around the, the nation right now, uh, maybe the world too. Um, I know there's others others in some other countries, but um, yeah the um. That other element is that it's pure led rotating fashion. So it's it's not professionals leading the workout and you're not paying however much a month to do these boot camp workouts. Uh-huh. It's us uh learning and growing as men and learning how to be leaders and getting guys that are quiet sitting at their desk or now not just at their desk at the office, but at sitting literally at home at their computer, you know, working and uh not getting out and meeting other people and leading in their community and caring about people and loving other people. Um, they're getting stuck and uh, not moving forward in those spaces. Um, and that would be kind of in a fellowship and in a faith sense for that um, and helping kind of break that uh, and learn how to lead. And then the fa- uh, the final piece of that is that it ends, each of the workouts ends in a circle of trust. So there's always... Um, time for guys to actually talk and get to know each other um, and a lot of times uh, they'll pray it's not a religious organization but a lot of different guys from different backgrounds and so they'll pray and um, that idea of faith still is in there even though it's not a religious organization um, because it's it's that if you really are going to be a leader and in, in your community and be in high impact um, there. They they say, you know, in F3 that, um, that faith has got to be a part of it. You have to realize that you're not the king of the universe <laughs> and that mm-hmm. there's power over you outside of this that's, that's in control and that you are not the, the one. Um, yeah. and that helps you get to that place to say, okay, then I'm not, I'm also not here just for me, I'm not mm-hmm. working out and getting better at fellowship with other people, my family, my coworkers, my people that I'm pouring into, um. I'm I'm doing it now. This is the next level with the faith. I'm doing this for other people. So accelerating to a place of advantage so that you can help others, not accelerating to a place of advantage so that you're the best guy ever and everybody worships how cool you are, whatever uh-huh. it is, right? So yeah, so that's kind of a fast F3 nutshell. They have that's all kinds great. of fun stuff, yeah. yeah. You get a weird nickname. They have all kinds of weird lingo. and Oh, really? Everybody gets a nickname? Stuff. Yeah, first day you come in, you're an FNG, friendly new guy. <laughs> oh, okay. And so, Not, yeah. And then
0: they'll. You don't all get an individual nickname. No, yeah, you do. You, so do. you
1: come in as a friendly new guy, and then uh, at the end of the workout, come in the middle, let us know who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then they'll, off of whatever you tell them, they'll get you a crazy nickname. So, okay, it's pretty fun. What is yours? Usher. Uh, uh, sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> do music. Yeah. And I was, you know, I did like uh, vacation Bible school at the church, uh-huh. and so I would dance and sing with the kids, do the whole big, big stage, like really big stage, tons of kids, and yeah, all kinds of fun stuff with that. But um, yeah, one of the guys knew me from doing all that, and he's like, "You gotta be sure." <laughs> okay, cool.
0: That's fun. Yeah. So, how do you feel like F three has changed you or your life?
1: Yeah. Um, definitely the, the biggest thing has been, um, connecting with other guys in a way that, um, is able to be open, honest, real, uh, and actually like doing hard things with them uh, at the same time. So I'm starting to step into leadership in that, but it's helped me get out of the box of just. Like, this is who I am and my identity being in music. Like, you don't usually talk about your job when you first are getting in there. You might in the circle of trust and name-o-rama thing at the end and, you know, get your name. Um, But the guys don't talk a lot about, I'm the VP of this, whatever. Like, you're working out with guys all different pay skills, all different backgrounds, all different stuff. And it's been super awesome. And the goal of it is to grow leaders. And imagine this there's an organization, the way that they get people to become a part of it is waking up dang early in the morning, as they say in the gloom, and you're going to do a really, really hard thing, really, really hard workout with a bunch of guys uh, that you don't know super well yet. And uh, we're going to push you to your limit. um, And then at the end, we're all going to like pour into each other, talk, have like time that we meet and do things together. And they all want you to come back and expect you to be there and they want to see you there and you want to be there the next time again, even after all of that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. because you know, they're going to care about you. They know they're going to miss you. Like, you know that they're going to miss you if you don't show the next morning or at least give you a hard time first. Uh, and then, and be able to do that. And then, um, And you're not paying for it. And they're not getting paid to teach you and help you get to that next level. And so you know they actually care. So this thing's growing. And it's growing on the basis of like doing something really hard. We're not making it easy. Like, hey, you want to come? Like hang out. Just get a coffee. coffee. Chill. Mm -hmm. Like talk through stuff. And then like, let's go. Like maybe you can go on a walk. And then... In like a year, we could work up to doing something really hard. Maybe, if you get there. (laughs) Uh, And so, I don't know, for me, that's a picture of like what I hope I could see in myself and in the church. So for me, it's been a big impact to see like, oh, like some of the things that I think about discipling, like these guys are doing it in real life and they're just doing a fitness group. It's not just a fitness group, but like that's been the biggest impact on me. It's like, how is this? how is this able to apply to like making disciples? So for me, it's been, a, it's, it's a space for that, um, for me to meet other guys and to hopefully pour into and have them pour into me because I see how they're living and I'm watching them and they're talking about it. Um, we're doing that together and we get up every day and we're seeing each other doing these hard things together. And, um, and so like, yeah, so I've always, so I've been asking now more like the question, like what if the church was, about doing the hard thing of loving each other and following Jesus in the really difficult ways, not about coming together and making it as comfortable as possible for anybody to just come hang out and mm. not move forward. Um, so it's, it's um, yeah. So I don't know. That's kind of a weird, maybe a little ambiguous, but it still kind of pushes towards like what it's been doing at least in me. And so, yeah. um, so i am i am a, I'm a, Uh, they call the leads of a workout a queue. So I'm a site queue. So that means I'm uh, helping lead one of the locations, even if I'm not the one leading the workout, helping make sure whoever's leading that I'm checking in and helping organize that. And then also doing communications for the region. So our Northwest Arkansas area. Wow. So it's pretty cool. It's been neat. Just, I'm, I don't know. I'm learning a lot in it and yeah, trying to figure out how it might keep impacting, but it's definitely made me like just evaluate things about like, how do I, um yeah value different relationships so they have a concentrica just circles out from uh important prioritization of relationships and so it starts with hmm. relationship with your they call your m or your wife the misses, and so then you have um, that relationship outside of that would be kids um and like those you're discipling and then into this shield lock next which is the guys that are um running alongside you that are pushing forward at the same rate ish, you know, depending on what that is, but in those different things and accelerating together, um, not people that are way ahead or way behind you. And then the whetstone, that's kind of this more of what I would think it maybe a discipling relationship would look like if someone in more maturity above me, that's, that's going to be a relationship with them. Um, and then outside of that the mammon, which I didn't even know what that was to and it's funny that you brought that in. So huh. that's what they kinda of call that outer. Okay. Um so yeah, it's uh reevaluating those pieces and, and really putting those in and but putting that into practice of actually like making sure those relationships are all there and people checking in on do you have somebody that's you know, do you have a shield lock? Do you have those? Um I don't know. I that's what I've been kind of seeking in in the sense of what that might be in the church. So, yeah,
0: that's yeah. really cool.
1: It's it's great. It's a cool organization. I'm not like super intense. Always <laughs> yeah.
2: uh,
1: just but in that just four a.m. up
0: every day. And 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 up at
1: four, <laughs> and head out in the gloom to do some good workouts. And and they. Um, and really get to know these guys. They are really great, really, really great guys, all different backgrounds and stuff. But I think if you can see unity in a group like that with all kinds of different guys, different backgrounds, even different religious, religious background, just around fitness, like, man, like what an example of what the church could, should, can be, will be, will and can be. Mm -hmm. I think it's a future and it can be happening while we're here still. I think there's going to be an eternal unity that'll be bigger, but like, dang, if we can't do that now and like pursue loving these, you know, people of all different backgrounds, maybe we're talking about a different kind of love than Jesus's love if we just think our nomination or church or whatever is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's cool to see. That's been a helpful thing to see is actually guys doing that and being around that. So yeah, it's good. Yeah. I mean, been, been just like, trying to grow in that so yeah and you asked a while ago like what what my turning point or shifting to start asking questions in the church you know of all some of these things and I think that early one is is like it was a questioning space but then it's not really until the last 10 years that I really had you know that play in in new ways just because after I was saved in 2012 from there on I was like what's okay, so now what's different from what I was doing? What does that even look like? Why, why is it? So am I, do I just do the same things that I was doing? Right. And does it look the same now? Uh-huh. And it's pretty obvious to me that, like, okay, something is not quite there. Um, a lot of them are just, like, my own spiritual disciplines and learning not to be so anxious and think I should be in control of everything. But then there's also things I wasn't taking responsibility for. And so learning some of those things... Um, But yeah, Francis Chan's been a big impact because I think he's gone through a lot of similar things um, in the questions that I feel like I have because after I read it, I'm glad I read it later because Uh I got to experience it first and then kind of read it and be like, oh, yeah, I felt some of those at this time too. (laughs) Uh, Instead of just being like reading it as I'm like coming into it and then just being like ticked at everybody. What are we doing?
0: Yeah. Uh, That's how I I, feel about uh, the Wagamuffin Gospel. Oh, yeah. Have you read that? No. It's It's a good book. I think from what I've learned about you thus far, you would enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of it, but I don't know much about it. It starts, the introduction starts by saying, here's the people this book is for. And it lists a bunch of different things. And it says, Mm. this is who it's not for. And if you're one of these people, you should not read this book. (laughs) And I remember sitting in Onyx in Fayetteville, literally crying reading the introduction, just because of the time when I started reading that book. Mm. Yeah. Yeah
1: there's another one that came around. I'm glad it came after it was after I kind of made it, made a decision to just shift into my new job out of like being a worship leader into being a music teacher and also like kind of trying my own business mm-hmm. stuff, a couple of new businesses. And, um, it's called everywhere you look, Tim Soren's. And it was a really great book. That was a big help, but it, really packaged some of the stuff that I had been like processing and I had been writing some stuff just kind of going back over just like processing my own life and more years in the church recently and like things that I'm like trying to process that I still don't quite know and I'm, I'm working through that with lots of different people different backgrounds and that book was like at one one of the chapters like I had written the night before like maybe 10 pages of just like in my notebook, just like going, and I read the next day, and this chapter was like, uh, like a mirror of those pieces. Huh. And I'm like, okay, this is wild. Like, so that was a great book, just talking about how's the Holy Spirit working around you, being aware of that, and uh, kind of looking at that in the in the church, especially, um, just because, like, definitely in the church spaces that I've been in, at least. That's like, it's one of the most, uh, I don't know, tricky spaces um, is like, what does it really look like in everyday life? What does it look like to walk with Jesus in, um, yeah, like, right on top of the mic? <laughs> uh, <laughs> discovering um, the church. He calls it discovering the church where, right where you are, you know? And he says, what, what is that? Um, you know, what does it look like right around you? And it's so often it's um, boxing it into uh, the place you go to. Go, I go to this church. And so then not only do I go to this church, that is my church. Um and then I start saying weird stuff, like about what things that don't make sense. And as he says, it's ontologically impossible to go to church. Uh, what does what that even mean? <laughs> and so then I started, you know, questioning, wait, the church is people. How can I go to it? How is the church? How is this a church? This is a nonprofit okay, we're getting into words and structures, but like the, they're very important. Mm-hmm. That's why meditation gets screwed up because we're thinking about something that's culturally connected to us, not the word mm-hmm. that it means. Okay. So now we've got a really weird thing. And actually F3 kind of has a whole lexicon and has a whole space for all their language stuff just because of that.
0: That's really cool. And
1: it's clear that we have to be able to do that. And, I start asking that all the time. I'm like, what does that mean? What is the church? Mm-hmm. And as I don't, I, I feel like sometimes I've thought of that as like a Jesus juke as people call things. Like, <laughs> like when somebody says something, like you say something about something that's cultural and it, and it's, um, something that you, whatever they like. And people pull like a Jesus, the Jesus card, Jesus wouldn't like that or whatever. But To me, I've thought of this as a Jesus juke to be able to say like when people say, I go to this church or I or do you go to church? Are you going to church this week? Um, Then I always have felt weird about that definition being like, I feel like we're really screwing up what that means. Um, Hmm. So I've been really coming into that and I try not to say that. And when people ask me where I go to church, I don't say that's ontologically impossible. But I do. (laughs) I do say, Well we're trying to connect to a group of, you know, house churches locally and here's, here's what we do, you know, and here's kind of how we meet with people. Uh-huh. Um, I'm reevaluating that and I don't think I think about that a lot in the same way, um, anymore, but there's lots of words like that, that I've really, um, I think the church is <clears throat> just gotten really been, been really hurt by the way that we, uh, don't, we don't take time and intentionality to really pursue talking about the words that we do in the way we should. Um, Calling is one of those words. Are you called? uh, are Are you called? That, that is, I think that's a good question. Are you called to ministry? That's a weird question. It doesn't, Make makes sense to me in the biblical context. Are you called to ministry? If you're called, if Jesus called you out of darkness into light, then are you called to ministry? Yes. What is the role of a pastor? That's a good question. And other leads other leadership type things that we would think of as leadership things. One of the main pieces that we see in scripture that it says is to what equip the saints to do the work of ministry. So our pastors called into the ministry. I feel weird about that phrase now. (laughs) Mm. I feel weird about some of those things. I'm just going to throw a few of these things out that I'm feeling with those. Yeah. Worship leader, or maybe in your context, worship pastor, depending on where you're at. What is worship? Now we have to define this word. Worship is built off of a bunch of different words in Greek and in Hebrew that don't mean the word we think of it today. Is it service? Is it blowing kisses towards in adoration? Is it bowing at the feet of and face on the floor? Is it, which one of these are we talking about when we talk about worship? When we say the word worship, well, most of us would say that's the music leader. Mm-hmm. If you really want to get down to it. What's a worship leader? Oh, a music leader. Okay, then why is it a worship leader? Uh, well, we've turned that context into that space, like worship service. Would be built on a time of singing and teaching and praying i think there's a lot of churches that do a great job of like saying music is not equal to music or to worship and worship and music not equal and some will say like we're going to worship now through song or we're going to worship through prayer or whatever that looks like so i think that's um a helpful step uh but what is a worship pastor (laughs) It's a thing. I don't know. I'm in a weird spot with it. I think there are pastors that are amazing musicians. And I grew up under some amazing leadership of um, pastors that were um, all kinds of different backgrounds and different, great different people. Uh, But I think we're having a hard time with, with that space of, um, with the pastor word. It's thrown around really, really quickly um, into these administrative uh, roles or even like this worship role where it's a production-type role or a media role. Um, and I totally, 100% think there are people that do media that are pastors. So that's not that's not what I'm saying. But should we have a media pastor? So I pastor the media people, <laughs> right? I don't know if that's great. I think that's almost as bad as, like, splitting us up just because we have a slight doctrinal difference. All right, we're going to start a whole church. Well, I'm in the media, people, so I that guy's my pastor, whatever that is, um, and that's my box or whatever that piece is. And so, yeah, so I don't know. So I'm still, still fighting, like, things that are tendencies in me that I push back on. Mm-hmm. I'm working through myself. And I don't want to, again, throw out the baby with the bathwater, as we said, but... Um, I'm going to continue evaluating. I'm going to keep asking the questions. I've always asked weird questions apparently. Cause just found this notebook where I was asking a Uh bunch of questions when I was like in middle school, like, who am I? What are these? You know, who made God (laughs) all kinds of fun, like crazy questions. Mm -hmm. So apparently I've always been asking those, but I think, uh, yeah, that's where I'm at right now is, is really, um, letting myself ask questions that I haven't before um, and and being okay and not scared that if I ask that question, the church is going down because it's not mine and I'm not building it. And none of the pastors that are around the world are the ones building it. Jesus says he's going to build it, so not really worried about that part. I am worried about if I'm obedient to him or not and to yeah. his commands. Uh, that's the piece that is important. And so, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's been a lot of, lot of changes for me. And um, one more thing to touch on in the pastor sense, if you're cool with me jumping yeah. in a little more, is something that I've kind of been digging in and like processing and has been a cool analogy for me. They use, um, I'll bring another one more time talk, throw out to Francis Chan. And it's not him actually saying, I think he does teach, a little bit in his book says something about this. Um, but they also talk about it in their church intensive kind of video and say, what do you, you know, like, like if, if a parent, uh, new parents have their, have this baby, uh, they don't know what to do with the baby. Um, and they're, they're brand new. So they're trying to figure out, you know, what in the world are they, are they going to do with this baby? Um, And, uh, but there's grandparents, uh, the grandparents know what to do with the baby. Um, and so the grandparents are like, well, Hey, we have more experience than you raising a a kid and a baby. And so we'll, we will raise the baby, you know, and you can be, you know, like with us and, and be there and do that. And, um, but we'll, you know, we'll do that for you. So we'll take in the baby. Um, and that seems like a good idea. They do have more experience really do so like they probably be better at doing that but what are some problems here like those parents now don't learn how to do those things because they're not doing them they are not going to get the experience of those pieces and if those grandparents take all of the grandbabies from all their kids and now they have 15 kids in their house now it's actually a detriment not just to the the parents uh, but to the kid too because now the kid that's there being taken care of by grandparents and the other 14 are not getting the care that they should because there's too many they can't they they can't take care of all these kids and um, they kind of equate that to the to the church Mm -hmm. in our time and that okay well the professional pastors could do this and take care of you know all of them they know they have the experience um and i think that a lot of times is what's happening it's you know it gets put on whatever we want to call that professional pastor or the staff or the um that space and so i think it's a pretty interesting picture mm-hmm. um and i think there's there is hope i think there's people all over the place um that are kind of seeing that picture and seeing like we need to we need to make some some changes and and take some responsibility for being obedient to to the commands and kind of maybe see some of the traditions that we've created ourselves our new traditions they're not we think of traditions as like these old things but we're making traditions all the time and are we going to hold to those traditions of this thing that's becoming institutionalized that we're a part of or are we going to like break off the institutionalization of what's happening so that we can move forward, that we can be flexible, that we can be open to what God is doing. Um, and then hopefully like seek the commandments over the traditions as they would say most yeah. of their stuff. So
0: yeah. Well, Interesting now I'm picture. very glad you wanted to yeah. add a little. <laughs> That's great. <I'm, laughs> I've been very happy about this conversation. It's inspiring.
1: Sweet. Yeah. Good.
0: And now we're going to wind down. Okay. Sounds good. Do you, you've listened to some. Do you know what every episode ends with?
1: Oh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, recommendation. Yeah. And something funny, yes. which I don't, I haven't haven't prepared, though I knew those were coming. Okay. <laughs> oh, perfect.
0: Yeah. Everybody gives you a recommendation and yeah. a funny story, mm. which I jokingly say is the hardest question that I ask anybody. Yeah. Please tell a funny story. Right. Um, but everybody's got them. That's right. Just takes a little, you know. Yeah. Digging. That I feel like it. most of the time when we tell funny stories, it just is brought to mind organically because of something somebody else says or does. And we're yeah. Like, oh, I I just had this thing happen to me. The other right. Day. Mm. But the recommendation f- comes first, so that's yeah. that's easier probably. Let's think
1: about a recommendation. So. Okay, I'm gonna do. Can I give a, a, a like a recommendation? A couple of things. Sure. I'm gonna give a recommendation first. That's actually like um, it seems like some of the guys that I heard were a little bit more like recommendations of things how to uh, you know maybe play something into their life. Uh, I'm gonna maybe put a couple books that I have been really impacted by. Um, and I think most of them listed listed there. So I kind of threw out so Lost Art of Biblical Meditation. Um, Letters to the Church and Until Unity those are two different books from Francis Chan and then we didn't get into it too much this would be a whole other conversation but The Space Trilogy by C.S. Lewis oh
0: I've had that recommended (laughs) to me so many times recently and I've never read it okay Um, I read it I want to
1: three years ago. And then last year, my wife and I listened through it from beginning to end on audio because Mm. she, she hadn't read it and she was like, I can't, I can't read that. (laughs) It's too much. And, uh, Oh man, it is one of the best books. I've the best three books. Yeah. That I've ever read. So I would recommend those. Definitely. And then a recommendation that also comes into that mind is kind of what we've been talking about is um let yourself ask hard questions especially if you've never questioned those things in your life Mm. so whatever that looks like maybe it's about your job maybe it's about um your faith maybe um something about how you think about the world or, yeah, how you do, how do you, how do you do your week? Maybe you, um, why do I do it this way? Or why is it this way? Um, be able to ask that and be okay without a solid answer too. Um, or maybe don't even get an answer out of your own self and it'd be something that kind of hangs out or maybe it goes away. You never know. So, I have some of those questions that just keep lingering and mm-hmm. I don't think I'm going to get an answer. Some of them that have come clearer and then some that I'm like, wow, that was a weird question. <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? So, Maybe. yeah.
0: It makes me think of a something I've heard. Um, do you listen to the Bema podcast? No. By chance? Okay. That's my recommendation okay. for you. Awesome. Um, but I've heard this from from on that podcast and on another one. I think they've talked about it in Bob Project a little bit. Okay. That in Jewish culture, and when it comes to studying scripture, when they come across something that doesn't make sense to them or something they don't understand, okay. they dance and they uh, get excited. Okay. Because the thought is, I can't wait until I'm at the place where God is going to actually show mm, me what this means. That's cool. Like this it. explorative mindset about scripture and truth mm, yeah. of I don't get it all right now. And that's totally fine. Yeah, <laughs> But I look forward to learning this lesson someday, that's, whatever it is. That is good. Yeah.
1: And that's a great, oh, that podcast is amazing too. They've actually allowed me to ask a lot of the questions, the Bible Project. Yeah. A lot of their stuff. I'll have to check out that other one. Sounds good.
0: Yeah. All right. mm make me laugh part, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: definitely I definitely do not like uh telling jokes. I yeah. I you, I, li- I love jokes and I You don't uh, like telling uh, them because
0: I yes. because you don't think you're good at them or yeah,
1: I think like even in performance like that was always hard for me in leading worship too because I don't I'm not the guy that's like throw this like oh I oh there's a guitar over there. Here, let me uh you know play a song or something some guys can do that
0: not very impromptu
1: I'm not not like a guy that just wants to like yeah jump up and do and I think that jokes a lot of times play better that way so (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah let me think of something let's see there's all kinds of funny stuff happening
0: all the time all
1: the time (laughs) (laughs) oh man I'm trying to think of uh, situational is always better for me. Yeah. That's some good, some good ones. Um Okay. Let's go let's go with this one. This isn't even a situational. This one's okay. a, here's a, here's a, I'll just go with an actual joke as much as I don't like telling people. Okay. A joke. <laughs> sure. So this is um yeah, this is one um my grandma would tell. <laughs> Uh, we would go down to her house and, um, and, uh, we, we would, um, you know, be talking about going to the store and she would say, oh, did I tell you the, the time that I had your dad go to the store? Um uh, we were having a party and we needed to get stuff for nachos. No. Okay. She, she would say, okay, well, there's, uh, there's this one time I sent him down. Um, I said, I need, Nacho cheese? Can you run in uh, to the store and get this? He he went down to the store, came back. This is parmesan. What is this? And uh, he was like, "Well, no, that's nacho cheese." And his mom said, "No, this is this is definitely not nacho cheese. This is parmesan." So he says, "No, I." So I went in, and. Uh, before I got into the store I saw this lady coming out and I saw the cheese in her cart and she just she just got it but I I was trying to get it quick so I grabbed it ran off and as I was running away she said that's nacho cheese that's nacho cheese
0: and that's the story wow yeah I think in a different context I would laugh a lot at yeah
2: yeah
1: and and then my dad would say (laughs) That definitely never happened. <laughs> <laughs> my was like that was definitely no. Hmm. <laughs> that was our favorite part of the story, as you would say, that definitely is not true at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: It makes me think of this this um, this time. I worked as my first job in a kitchen at a hospital. And at a certain point I, I graduated from regular cart pusher delivery boy mm-hmm. to dishwasher guy and so I was in the kitchen all the time and I worked very closely a lot of time with this old lady who started working there whose name was Judy and I say old lady I mean she was actually like 78 79 mm-hmm. years old and she worked in the catering nice. um, and I remember I don't know what it was but I had some sort of joke and I was telling people for some mm-hmm. reason And I'm pretty sure I I can remember the situation. I think I was washing my hands at a certain spot. She came by and I was like, I said, hey, Judy, you want to hear a joke? And she said, is it dirty? And I said, of course not. She said, oh, I don't want to hear it. And I I have no idea what the actual joke was. But um, Uh, I thought it was really funny. She said that she was a funny lady.
1: Yeah. It's always fun. Yeah. yeah.
0: There was a novella, 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 novella. One of those. How novella, do you say? It? Do you, I would guess novella? novella. Okay, there was a short novel. You can let us know, listeners. Yeah, somebody correct me. <laughs> Write me an email because um, there's no comments. Right. <laughs> uh,